I didn't think there'd be vampires on campus. We must have been at about 40,000 feet when it happened. <gasps> what was that? You are the Slayer. One girl in all the world. Did anybody say that? Yeah. Guess what? I feel better. Guys, where are we? Hey, Sammy, how's it going? Hi, Pat. It is going swell. <laughs> well, as swell as can be. I as suppose. swell as can be. It swell is going can be. swell enough. Am I right? Mm hmm. Cool. This uh, podcast is off to a <laughs> blistering start. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been a. It's been a crazy. It's been a crazy week. Yeah, it's one of those we weeks, huh? Recorded. Yeah. But. I'm excited because we got some great episodes to get into. Yeah, so I knew we were watching Buffy season two, episode two, but I kept forgetting which one it was, like in my Buffy catalog. And so I wasn't really, I was thinking it was a different one and I wasn't really looking forward to it. And like this, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of meh to me on the scale of Buffy episodes. This but feels, so far it feels very uh, similar to a season one episode, Monster of the Week. Very on brand for the Buffy that I know, because Kathleen had said how season two sort of changes it up and it, yeah. and it buckles down a little bit. But this mm-hmm. episode felt very much like a season one episode that I was used to. Oh. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah, because we don't really have like a big bad story here. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of, uh, there's not a whole lot of like furthering the plot. It's just like, here's this guy and this thing and these creepos and this is what's happening yeah but it was like once i started watching it i was like oh this is fun because kind of like you were saying you know buffy is back to being buffy again like she's not in a back to normal cranky mood um and there's just so much fun witty banter in this there's a bit of it yeah that like you know not into the whole bringing people back from the dead thing and (laughs) making people zombies. But the rest of it was fun. Like dialogue was fun. So I had a good time. Yeah. Is there anything to catch up on? Oh, like life? Yeah, like life life stuff. Well, you don't want to talk about politics. So we shouldn't go there. (laughs) Yeah, I guess we can't talk about that. Boy, we're really narrowing it down Everything's great, Pat. (laughs) Everything's great. Nothing to catch up on. Everything's cool. Yeah. Um, I got got stuff to talk about in our what we've been watching. Yeah, me too. Well, (laughs) I have some funny, funny ones to share because I messed up our movie club movie last week. And if I had only told you which one I was watching Mm. when we recorded last week. You should have told me. I know. And I just didn't for some reason. And you would have been like, um, that's the wrong movie. Yeah. Or I could have (laughs) just let you watch it anyways. And I would have been like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was okay. Yeah. It's a good movie. I like that movie. Yeah. I don't love it, Um, but I like it. What, the untouchables yeah, or the, the untouchables? Untouch- the untouchables. I like the untouchables yeah. probably better. Yeah, I definitely did. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, you know, not not a whole lot going on in yeah. the Sammy verse. Nothing nothing too crazy to report. I'm not I'm not loving one of my neighbors whose dog keeps barking, but yeah, that's I think no fun. maybe that situation has resolved itself. Yeah. So I'll keep you updated on that. We also have a neighbor who has a loud dog who is outside all day and barks a lot. What do you do? Like we just deal with it. 
You just deal with it. Yeah, we just let, you let must, her bark. You must be way more patient than I am. And it's very. But I don't think you are. It's very. <laughs> what do you mean? Of course, I don't I'm think patient. you personally are. <laughs> oh, I'm patient. I'm patient. Oh, oh. I'll, I'll wait it out. I'm patient. I might grumble a little. But, yeah. You know, I'm patient. I actually grew up with a lot of patience. I think. Are you patient, or are you just like really <laughs> anti? Social. Yes. Well, I know you're antisocial. <laughs> no, like non-confrontational. Non-confrontational. Which I know you are very non-confrontational. 100% non-confrontational. Whereas I am probably a little too confrontational. Yeah, you're on the other side of the spectrum. I think that is no secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To those who know and love me. Yes. <laughs> or know and hate me for that reason. <laughs> right. But it is annoying when I go out to get my mail. And I'm like in my driveway and the dog's barking at me. And I'm like, this is my driveway. That's what annoys me, me too. I'm dog. like, look, look, buddy. I'm yeah. not anywhere near your space. Right. I'm in my space. If I go into your driveway, you can bark at me. Okay. Well, I'm sorry about your neighbor dog issues. I'm sorry about your neighbor dog issues. Is there anything going on in your life, Pat? No. That we should catch up on? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> nope, still locked down, still at home, still doing my thing, you know. Yeah. Just making videos, working. Yeah. All that good stuff. Movie club is coming to a close. Movie club is coming to a close. Only one more movie left. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's been a long two years. Yeah, I gotta say I'm equal parts relieved and sad. Me too. Because it'll be nice to not have one more thing to watch, right. especially because so many of the movies on the list were like three hour movies. And a lot of downer movies too. A lot of Holocaust yeah. movies. Yeah. Yeah. We watched a Vietnam movie. We wa- and like, yeah. and then right before that, we watched a Holocaust movie. Like yeah. it was pretty rough. Yeah. That's why I was like, we should have ended on The Untouchables because that was just a nice uplifting movie. Right. Like, why couldn't we just end on that? And for the listeners that don't know, Movie Club is basically just a club where we watch a movie every week. Yes. Four of us together. Yeah. Well, it started. It started as five, but one one dropped got out. Kicked out. <laughs> got kicked out. Hey, if you're voted not watching out. the movies, you will get voted out. He, that's he was how, voted that's how off hard. The we are about movie club but it's been about two years and we do a round robin rotate where we get pretty much exactly two years yeah because there's a hundred movies right so every week is new movie and we would rotate somebody else would pick another movie off of this poster of course we picked all the fun movies at first and then we ended up with all the dramatic depressing (laughs) holocaust movies we didn't we didn't have a good strategy. No. And even like, you know, we had two Halloweens, right? Right. That we that we had to contend with. Yeah. But we watched all the like Halloween movies the, the first, first Halloween. Yeah, first October. <laughs> like we the first October. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were like, oh, uh, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we found out which was Schindler's List. And all the other Holocaust movies that we watched. <laughs> no, Schindler's List we watch in between Christmas and New Year's. Oh, that's true. Because <laughs> <laughs> you made the joke. We were like, yeah, it's not Christmas until I watch Schindler's List. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. oh, Nothing boy. rings in the holidays like watching <laughs> Schindler's List. Oh, but that movie is, oh, it's so powerful, yeah. though. It's a I good mean, movie. It's definitely a downer, obviously, yeah. but not it's not you know definitely wouldn't be a go-to holiday movie for me no 
but I was I was kind of glad to rewatch it because I hadn't watched it since like I don't know high school maybe. Right. So that's Movie Club. It's coming to a close. We'll get another yep. another night back in our life. Yes, it will <laughs> make it this. easier for us to watch these episodes. Yes, definitely. All right. Speaking of which, shall yeah. we get into Buffy? Let's get into Buffy, Pat. Let's do it. So we watched Buffy season two, episode two, Some Assembly Required, which I <laughs> love the name. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't know what, I was trying to guess what the episode was going to be about just oh, yeah, based on the, the title. Yeah. And what did you guess? I thought it was somebody was going to be like a toy that came to life or something like. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what I would think too, like some kind of robot toy or something like that. Right. But we've already had a toy come to life and we've already had a robot come to life. Hey, this kid who comes back, Daryl or whatever, spoilers for the episode, he's sort of yeah. like a puzzle. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, it's puzzling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the original air date for this episode was September 22nd, 1997, written by David Tieran King and directed by Bruce Seth Green. Okay. So your predictions from last episode were that... Buffy will be back to herself in episode two. Nailed it. She's back. Back to regularly scheduled Buffy no hijinks. No more Huffy Buffy. She's gone. No more Huffy Buffy. Thank goodness. Yeah. It's really hard to deal with any of these characters when they're being Huffy. Yeah. Because, you know, so much teen angst. So much. Too much. Um, you also said that Mini-Me slash Colin slash The Anointed One. Yes. Will become, you just call him Mini-Me, but I feel like I need to specify who that is. <laughs> yeah, you should clarify. <laughs> we're, not talk to, we're not talking about Austin Powers, Dr. Evil, Mini-Me. Mini-Me. <laughs> you complete me. You complete me. We do not chew on our kitty's ears. Dave has said that he wants a cat like Mr. Bigglesworth, like the naked cat. And I'm like, no. A cat with no hair? I draw the line. I wonder if I'd still be allergic to that. Maybe not. You probably wouldn't. But they still have dander, I think. I don't, I don't know. know. There's only one way to find out. Let's buy a Mr. Bigglesworth and I'll rub my face in it. Yeah, perfect. Or you can just, you know, I can maybe... probably just Google it. <laughs> Google it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Mini-Me will become stronger and continue to try to bring the master back. Yeah. And you thought that he might use the master's skull... Oh, yeah. uh, to bring him back. And you said maybe there's some old book that will tell him all he needs is a skull because it has the right, uh, right amount of master magic in it. <laughs> These are great predictions. Great predictions. Hang your hat on them. Put some bets down. Um, yeah. Sure. 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 It's going to happen. And then you said some of your like overarching season two predictions that you made that were relevant to this episode was that Miss Calendar and Giles might or might not get together, which I vote <laughs> is not really a prediction. <laughs> and so far, you know what? I'm batting a thousand for it. <laughs> uh, and that Angel will come in and out of Buffy's life as she continues to have boyfriends, but there will be tension between her and Angel and they can't quite get it together. Yep. Let's jump into the actual episode. Okay. Oh, look, Pat, a cemetery. We're back in the cemetery. <laughs> back in the cemetery. Yeah. Uh, Buffy is sitting on top of a headstone. Not cool. Uh, playing with a yo-yo. <laughs> you don't like that? You don't support that sitting I, spot? I don't support that. Okay. 
But anyway, she's playing with a yo-yo, waiting for a vampire to rise when Angel unintentionally sneaks up on her. And then she's she tells him, you know, she's like, you can't just sneak up on someone in a cemetery. You should have like made a sound or yodeled or something, <laughs> which just makes me laugh trying to picture Angel yodeling. <laughs> he tells her that, you know, waking up as a vampire is disoriented, disorienting, but he's sure that the guy that, he, that she's waiting for will show. I bet Giles could yodel. I bet he could. I bet that's a hidden hidden talent of his. Hmm. You can make a prediction about that if you'd like. Mm, okay, I'll think about it. Keep going. If yodel, yodel like. <laughs> nah, that was a stretch. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> uh, Angel says he expected her to be with like Xander or someone. Yeah. And he seems a little too interested. Yeah, he's a little jealous here. And yeah. she likes it. Yes. So she accuses him of being jealous and asks, you know, is like asking him if it's because she danced with Xander. Yeah. She's like, I just did a little dance. He goes, danced with is a pretty loose term. Mated with might be a little closer. And she goes, don't you think you're being a little unfair? It was one little dance, which I only did to make you crazy. By the way, behold my success. And they continue to kind of bicker as Stefan, the vampire she was waiting for, rises behind her. Then he knocks Buffy into Angel. She turns to fight him. He backs off to get a shovel, hits Angel upside the head with it, and then Buffy breaks it and uses it to stake him. Shovel stake. Shovel stake, yeah. Gotta improvise, you know? Buffy tries to kind of like continue her fight with Angel. Verbal, not physical fight. Angel like starts kind of storming off and she says, you can't just turn a, w- turn a walk away from me like that. It takes more than that to get rid of me. And she falls right into an open casket. <laughs> In, yeah. in like a dug up grave. <laughs> but the casket looks brand new. It does look brand yeah. new. Looks actually quite comfortable too. It does. Yeah. So I thought for a minute that Angel was going to like drop down and they're going to snuggle. Yeah. And I was like, like they oh, were going to make out. Cute. No, just snuggle. Oh. You know, PG. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's not what happens. <laughs> that's not what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that she's like, it takes more than that to get rid of me. Flump. Right into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and I think she even says, well, that'll do it or something like that. Maybe I made. Oh, no. She says, gee, I wish people wouldn't leave open graves laying around like this. <laughs> <laughs> this witty banter, this witty dialogue. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's so It's the best. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then she kind of, she like stands up and as she's sort of like looking out from inside the grave still, she sees tracks on the ground and then finds a woman's shoe, leading her to believe that someone was was dragged from the grave, that it wasn't, you know, someone didn't rise like a vampire out of this casket. Right. So then we cut to the uh, intro music. And then back from the intro music at Sunnydale High, Buffy and Xander walk into the library as Giles is practicing asking out a chair. Buffy gives Giles advice, telling him not to use big words and instead to keep it casual. She says, you know, say something like, hey, I got a thing. You maybe have a thing. Maybe we could have a thing. And then asks him out for Mexican. And Xander guesses Giles is rehearsing for asking out Miss Calendar. Yeah. And he says, she already knows that you're a school librarian, so you don't have to worry about how to break that embarrassing news to her. (laughs) Which I was like, that's so judgy. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of girls would be very happy to be dating a school librarian. I think so. It's an honest job. It is an honest job, and you know they are got to be intelligent. Well, at least Giles is you know, using the time wisely to read his books. He is. Yeah. 
And then, you know, Giles is, you know, he suddenly decides that this is none of their business, starts to walk off, but then he asks Buffy how slaying went. So she's kind of like reporting into him. She tells him that about the empty grave and he goes, grave robbing, that's new, interesting. And she, he, she goes, I know you meant to say gross and disturbing. And he's like, yes, yes, of course. Uh, terrible thing, must put a stop to it, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I just love that we're starting to see like Giles humor, you know, like he's he started off as like very stuffy um, yeah. and like the more and more he's been around, you know, Xander, Buffy and Willow, he's like starting to loosen up and like he's kind of giving it back to them a little bit. He's like one of their peers now. They're connecting on a different level now. It's it's less. Yeah. I'm the watcher. You're the kids. It's like, OK, we're all in this together. Yeah, exactly. So Giles says it would help to know who the body belonged to. And when Buffy tells them, they don't know who the girl is. Giles suggests that Willow fire this thing up, he says, indicating the computer, and track Meredith down. Meredith was the girl, girl whose grave was dug open. So then we see Willow is busy signing up for the science fair as a kind of creepy guy named Eric is running yeah. around taking photos of women, including Willow, and just generally being a perv. He's not like passive pervy. He's full perv. Yeah, he's straight up scary. Yeah, he's like, ooh, look at these legs or something like that. <laughs> like snapping photos of girls. Yeah. Not cool, bro. No. And then we get a guy named Chris who enters the scene telling Eric to knock it off. And then Willow chats with Chris, who seems to win the science fair every year, putting Willow in second. But she seems friendly, you know, not bitter about it. Uh, then Cordelia signs up too, protesting that it's been made mandatory, and Eric snaps a few photos of her. Then Buffy enters the scene, Eric takes a photo of her too, and tells Willow, you know, she's like, oh, sorry to interrupt, but it's the bat signal. Uh, and they both leave, and then Cordy walks away too, but not with them. And then speaking to Chris, Eric says that Cordelia would be perfect for them. And Chris says, don't be an idiot, she's alive. Yeah, I was like, okay, getting dark. Yeah. Even creepier, fellas. I wrote down like, oh, sounds like we know who our grave robbers are <laughs> because they're like, he's like, don't be an idiot. She's alive. Yeah. Indicating that they're looking for dead girls. They're looking for dead chicks, man. <laughs> like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. So in the library, Willow sits down at the computer saying, this shouldn't take long. I'm probably the only girl in school who has the coroner's office bookmarked as a favorite place. <laughs> Ooh, can I tell a grave robbing story real quick? Oh my God, yes. Okay. So when I was in the news, I used to be a news videographer, for those who oh don't know. Oh my God, I'm so excited for this story. We got sent to the far end of Rhode Island once to cover yeah. a story about a grave that was robbed. Oh my God. But where was it, it was- Was it a famous person's grave or like no, someone rich or something? Nope. It was like a very old grave that was on the top of like this hill or mountain where mm -hmm. there was no cell phone reception. And we just had like a random address given to us. Oh my God. Was it in a, like a cemetery or was it just like- It was a cemetery, but it is a very small, like a small, almost like a family plot or something. Where it's okay. like one of those really, really old cemeteries where you see like the headstones that are like crooked. Like, yeah, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, where there's only like maybe 12 of them. Mm -hmm. So From like the 1700s or something? Yeah, it was like a long time ago. 
So oh my God, this is amazing. I'm so excited. I mean, it's not much to the story, so don't get too oh. excited. Okay. All right. I'll back off. A so <laughs> spring <laughs> dial the excitement down. So we drove the, the news van out, just a reporter and I. And by the time we got out there, it was because I worked a night shift at that time. I didn't mm-hmm. get out there till right before the sun was going down. And mm-hmm. we had no cell phone reception. So I remember just being kind of freaked out in the middle of the woods somewhere where we had no reception. And I was trying to film B-roll of this dug up grave. Mm -hmm. And turns out that the person who dug up the grave dug up the wrong side of the headstone. So they dug (laughs) all the way down, like really deep, probably like nine feet down. Like they were Mm -hmm. very determined to find something in this grave. And they dug on the completely wrong side. Was so was it like <laughs> so rubbed off that yeah. you couldn't tell which was the right side? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like it was just okay. a stone sitting there, and they didn't and they try to dig the other side. Too. Uh, nope, they didn't. They just gave up. Yeah, and there wasn't much to the story. We knocked on some neighbors' doors. We got a couple of interviews where they're like, "Oh yeah, that's an old plot from so and so," and yeah, it's crazy that someone's trying to dig it up. Don't know what they're looking for. And that was kind of the whole story. We didn't have much to go on, but I remember being so freaked out shooting this dug up grave, being like, "What is the deal here?" That's so weird. Yeah. So you have no idea why they were digging it up or whose grave it was or anything like that. No, I think the um, I think the theory going was that it was some kids who were into the uh, darkness stuff that they wanted a, a skull or something. Oh, like local into kids, the black arts. Yeah, who are into the dark arts and they wanted to find a skull for themselves. So they just decided to do it on this this cemetery. Yeah, which if there's any goal for me as a parent, it's to raise my kids to not be into the dark arts (laughs) and not to want to dig up old graves from the 1700s for a skull. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm into some morbid things, (laughs) but, like, I would never do that. Like, I definitely, I'm sure this will come as no surprise to you, but I definitely used to, like, go with my friends to, like, try and find haunted places oh yeah I, well I, I think all kids do that don't they yeah well i mean i don't know i didn't i had a lot of friends who weren't doing that but yeah. i remember there was this legend of a green lady who would watch over a cemetery that has it's it's like mostly children like infants and like babies and she would watch over it because she never she couldn't have children i don't remember why she was called the green lady i don't know if it was like she really liked plants or something it probably had something to do with the fact that she really liked plants but she couldn't have children i don't know i honestly can't remember (laughs) what the story with her was (laughs) but she i'm pretty sure she committed suicide and then they say that like she watches over that graveyard and every now and then you could see like her figure and like mist kind of rolling over that little graveyard and I visited it once and I consider myself to be a bit of an empath so I can sort of like sense people's feelings or at least like just be very sensitive to like people's energies and things like that a Um, disturbance in the force yes I can sense a disturbance in the force (laughs) (laughs) I'm very good at that. So like we went, you know, a couple of my friends and I went to this graveyard late at night and I went into the graveyard alone and like sat down and I could like feel 
scared. And here, that's how I would feel. Yeah, well, I was a little scared, <laughs> but I could just like feel this weird, like sad energy, and I could hear like children crying. Hmm. Um, Don't like that. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. And I had I've had like some weird experiences like that, but <laughs> that was probably the most intense one. And I remember like getting really freaked out, and I was like running out of the grave, the graveyard, and of course I fucking tripped on something and like face planted right into Classic. the ground. Yeah, so I would not be the kind of person that you want to bring with you into a cemetery if you need to make a quick getaway, because mm. I am super clumsy. You would not be my grave robbing cohort. No, but if, if you're ever, ever like, it up. <laughs> but if you're ever buying a new house and you want to know if it's haunted, then I'm your girl because oh, okay. I'll be like, listen, pass. Some shit went down this here. This is haunted. This is some bad juju up in this joint. Okay, and I'll well, help you stage know. it, or I'll be like, you know what? These people, these ghosts own the house. You need to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't buy this place. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. You should cool. add that to your website as a service that you could perform. Yeah, sure. Maybe yeah. I'll just start a different business. Yeah. Go sensing. Go sensing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pay by the hour. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not a bad idea. All right. Back to the show. Thanks for that grave robbing story. You're welcome. That's really exciting. It was. I mean, it wasn't that exciting, but. It was exciting kinda... in the moment. Yeah. It was yeah. cool. I, f- I felt like I was there with you. Yeah. Yes, Willow has the coroner's office bookmarked as a favorite place. So then Cordelia breezes into the library asking if Willow will help her with her science fair project, which is tomato, fruit, or vegetable. And not even looking up, Willow is like, it's a fruit, and just completely ignores Cordelia. Uh, Cordelia mumbles something about how she would ask Chris, but it would bring back too many memories of Daryl, and she starts looking emotional, and nobody's paying attention to her. This is where Willow finds the article about three cheerleaders, including Meredith, being killed in a car accident the previous week. Hmm. Buffy asks, how's her neck? Essentially, like, asking if there were vampire bites. And Willow says, fine, except for being broken. And then Cordelia, sick sick of the fact that everybody's ignoring her, says, hi, can we deal with my pain, please? And Giles comes out of his office, walks by her, sort of like gives her a bored little pat. Yeah, on the back and is like, they're there. (laughs) That was nice. Um, You know, they kind of talk about it a little bit and they conclude that they're dealing with a body snatcher. And Giles suggests that it could be demons who eat the flesh of the dead. Always with the demons, Giles. Always with the demons. I mean, you know, that's where his head is at. Yeah, that's true. He's reading too many of those leather books. Yeah. Uh, Rotten his brain. (laughs) (laughs) or it's the demons that are rotting his brain (laughs) yeah moloch (laughs) corrupter so yeah he says it could be demons who eat the flesh of the dead to absorb their souls or a voodoo practitioner raising zombies okay either or you know me i want to do a little side note here about voodoo okay i am very interested in world religions and i took some world religions classes so Mm -hmm. this stuff really interests me so i'm just do a very quick slight aside to talk about voodoo because it's very misunderstood just like paganism okay and it's been demonized thanks to hollywood slavery and racist stereotypes Mm -hmm. also like paganism there's not a set dogma for voodoo like the bible or the torah 
So there are many different sects of the religion, and it's hard to talk about as a whole, but generally voodoo kind of merges like Catholic and African beliefs. They worship one supreme god and then um, many lesser spirits or saints, which tend to get like more prayer and attention um, because um, it's believed that saints are more active in their in like our daily lives. So I know like my Nana, who was Catholic, growing up, like she would always have a prayer for St. Anthony if things were missing. So right. it's kind of like that sort of thing. Like okay. there were, you know, just like if you're, you know, sort of praying to like a specific you know, Greek god or goddess for a right. specific thing. Like they, they just believe that they were so much more active. So yeah. we see a lot of like saint worship in voodoo. But major themes and practices include voodoo dolls, which are not actually pricked in voodoo. They tend to be representative of the saints that, that are being worshipped. Um, so you don't put needles in them and it hurts the guy right. who wouldn't go out with you. You're just like, yes. eat this, Steve. That's right. not a and, thing. And you don't like blind them and put them in a bubbling cauldron. Right. This will you know, teach you. Mm -hmm. To make them blind or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So they, they're, they're basically just like idols to represent, you know, whatever saint or spirit that you're praying to. Gotcha. They also tend to draw or utilize symbols. Um, so for example, like a symbol to represent like protection. Um, that's a really big thing in voodoo. Um, and in some worships there is also animal sacrifice death is a very important is like super important in voodoo because practitioners believe that the soul stays behind for a while and very strict rituals need to be observed and performed correctly in order for it to get where it's supposed to go so that's why voodoo is like very often associated with death um and is sort of like given this bad reputation of like dealing with zombies and that kind of thing just because right. death well is also like killing very animals like sacrificing them in a way can rub people the wrong way yeah and i don't know how much that's done today but it was something that came up i i will be honest like i know very little bit about voodoo um but that was something like i looked at a lot of different sources because i was like i'm not just going to believe this one source that says animal worship but a lot of them said the same thing and and again like with paganism not everyone believes and does the same exact thing but enough um, voodoo practitioners have some sort of animal sacrifice in their ritual that it seems to be a common theme. Hmm. Okay. But if anybody, you know, knows more about this and wants to write in, please feel free to do that. I would love to learn more. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. Okay. Good voodoo knowledge. I know knowledge. how much you love when I share things about I, I love religion religions. talk i love politics talk i love <laughs> it all so because giles says that voodoo priests usually require multiple zombies they decide to dig up the graves of the other two cheerleaders killed in the car crash to see if their bodies were also snatched buffy doesn't want to involve angel so she says like as far as angel's concerned i'm taking the night off um they make plans to dig up the graves that night and they ask cordelia if she's in and she says, darn, I have cheerleader practice tonight. Boy, I wish I knew we were going to be digging up dead people sooner. I would have canceled. <laughs> and Xander says, all right, but if you come across the army of zombies, can you page us before they eat your flesh? And then Cordelia leaves and Giles is like, they don't eat your flesh. And Xander's like, yeah, I know. But did you see her face when I said that? 
So they're kind of poking fun at Cordy, which is always a fun pastime. Yeah, I thought zombies do eat flesh, though. Is it just the zombies that that are real in Sunnydale? Well, I mean, do they actually eat flesh? Like, I know they're... In movies they do, don't they? They're talking about brains, but I don't think they're actually trying to eat you. I think they're just trying to bite you to infect you. Oh, they're not actually... Oh, that's true, because otherwise there wouldn't be any bodies left to turn into zombies. They do just want to, like, munch on you, turn you into zombie, and and then then you just join their club. Right, to munch on more people. And then you just it's a, a whole bunch big of, zombie munch fest. Just a bunch of munchers walking around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bunch of munchers. Yeah. <laughs> bunch of munch. <laughs> bunch of munch. <laughs> <laughs> like bunch of crunch. Yeah. Remember that candy? Oh yeah, I love bunch of crunch. Yeah. Still it's around, isn't stuff. it? I don't know. Probably. It's probably still in movie theaters. Oh yeah, definitely. Probably still pay five dollars a box for them. Well, movie theaters are kind of not in a good place right now. So yeah. that's a sore subject. Don't bring it up around me. Okay. Oh, really? Are you really upset about that? I mean, it's You have sorta... your own sweet movie theater setup. Yeah, I know. But it's also sad. The two movie theaters closest to me just closed down. So oh, no. I shed a tear. Oh, I'm sorry, Pat. Well, there's still a bunch around, and I could go to those. <laughs> yeah. And I don't because, A, there's no movies to go see really it's such a weird time to be alive it's very weird all right let's not bog this podcast down let's keep on moving man let's keep this train a chugging uh we cut to the cemetery buffy and willow are leaning against a headstone talking about angel while giles and xander dig up the grave and xander says to them you know this might go a lot faster if you fems actually picked up a shovel too and buffy says did you write this line down no no, I sort of remember it, but go ahead. Oh, I like this line. Buffy says, sorry, but I'm an old-fashioned gal. I was raised to believe that the men dig up the corses, corpses and the women have the babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that line. The, the one quote I did write down, which we didn't touch upon because it's not really that important, is when um, when <laughs> Willow says, who else like those little powdered donuts? And then Xander goes, eh. <laughs> 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 when they're getting ready to go, you know, on their little trip there. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah so right before this, yeah. they're talking about snacks. Yeah, so um, I wrote down that one, but not the Buffy quote. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then she asked Willow who Cordelia was talking about in the library when she referenced Daryl. And Willow says, Daryl Epps, Chris's older brother. He was a big football star. All state two years ago. He was a running, he was a running, uh, someone who runs and catches. <laughs> And I was like, yep, yeah, I'm with you, girl. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know either. That's how much I, I know about I'm sports. I'm assuming she's talking about a running back. Yeah. I at least know enough to know that that is a thing. I know that's a, that's a thing. Yeah. But, but I, I think couldn't re- tell you what they do. Isn't receiver a thing that catches the footballs <laughs> I, to score like the goal it. units? I mean, I don't, don't all of them want to run and catch at <laughs> okay. some point during we the game? We should probably move on before we get so much hate We mail. are very expert at yes. sport. We make a sport goal. (laughs) So Willow tells Buffy all the girls were into Daryl and he died rock climbing. Um, Ever since then, Chris has been quiet and their mom doesn't leave the house. Yeah. So then Buffy and Willow approach the grave because... Wait, she also um, asked, was he a studly? Yeah. And and then that's when Willow tells her that all the girls were into him. Yeah. 
Yeah, was he a studly? You like that? You wrote down that line? <laughs> I just thought it was a funny word, studly. Was, was he a studly? Was he a studly? Was he like, a studly? Yeah, was he a studly? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Willow kind of like looking down at Giles and Xander in the grave is like, by the way, are we hoping to find a body or no body? Xander says, call me an optimist, but I'm hoping to find a fortune in gold doubloons. Yeah. And Giles says, body would mean flesh-eating demon. No body would point towards the army of zombies thing. Take your pick, really. Yep. Either or. It's no Either good. or. No bueno. So neither Xander nor Giles want to open the casket. So Buffy calls them pathetic and jumps in to do it herself. She opens it up, but we are looking, um, we're looking up from the casket, so we don't know if there's a body in there, and then it cuts to... Commercial. Com- uh, cuts to commercial. Does it cut to commercial here? I think so. Or does it cut right to Cordelia in the parking lot? Maybe it's Cordelia in the parking lot. I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> there might be a commercial break in there. Maybe. But anyway, we the next scene we get is Cordelia in the parking lot after cheerleading practice, telling the other girls that they need to practice. They leave and she's alone walking to her car and she kind of hears some creepy noises, like as if someone's nearby. She struggles with opening her car and then says out loud, Xander Harris, if this is some kind of joke, she drops her keys and then from underneath her car, she sees feet approaching her. And so she takes off and runs and then hides in a dumpster. Uh, and as she opens it, thinking she's safe, we get a little jump scare and there's Angel. It's Angel. And he kind of pops in with a grin and he says, Cordelia, this is the last place I expected you to hang out. <laughs> yeah, in the dumpster. He tells her that he's looking for Buffy. Cordelia says that she's at the graveyard and Angel says, well, she said she'd be home looking confused. Cordelia hangs on to him to kind of help her get out of the dumpster, but her skirt is stuck on what pet? On a hand, a dismembered hand. Dismembered hand. Yeah. Which she sees, scream, you know, drops and screams about a lot. Yeah. And you know what I was thinking? Cordelia needed a hand to get out of the dumpster. Yeah. It's pretty tough to get into a dumpster. It's pretty impressive. I think we should all give her a hand. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, you got to hand it to her. It's pretty good. You really got to hand it to her. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty handy that angel was there too yeah Yeah. but i gotta tell you cordelia is hard to handle she's a bit of a handful if you get my drift (laughs) (laughs) do you have more i think that's it i think that's all i got (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it i'm so proud (laughs) uh everyone will be rolling their eyes at this but dave will love it when he listens to this that one's for you dave the slayerettes enter the library saying the graves were empty and find cordelia snuggled up close to angel who seems uncomfortable with that but is letting her hang on anyway buffy does not seem to like this if i was angel i'd be like hey buffy look at this remember that dance yeah yeah how about this now I got this cordy thing hanging off of me. How does that make you feel, huh? Yeah. Buffy. Hmm. Huffy Buffy. <laughs> well, and there's definitely some awkwardness that passes here between Angel, Xander, and Buffy. Yeah. Um, but then Giles suggests that Angel could be helpful. So Buffy fills him in. Uh, and then Angel tells them that he and Cordelia found parts. Yeah, parts. Pieces. And Yeah. Cordelia asks why terrible things are always happening to her, and Xander does the whole <coughs> karma thing. You'll cough, say what you actually want to say. Yeah. Joke. So there go all of their theories. Yep. Um, so Buffy says, I don't get it. Why go to all the trouble to dig up three girls only to chop them up and throw them away? It doesn't make any sense. 
especially from a time management standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> and Angel said, well, what I saw didn't add up to three whole girls. I think they kept some parts. Yuck. Yuck. So then Giles wonders why they would dis- dispose of the body parts five miles from the cemetery in a school dumpster. And so Buffy is like, well, maybe they had something to do here, like classes, you know, basically suggesting that they're students. Yeah, fill up your backpack with a bunch of body parts. Dump it in the dumpster before you go into science. Yeah, you know. Yeah, as you do. Why not? Uh, Angel says it looked it looked like they knew what they were doing based on the incisions that he saw, which Giles kind of like laughs at. He's like, "Yeah, what what student here is going to know is going to be that well versed in physiology?" But Willow says she can think of a few, including herself. Yeah, and then Xander but- says, "Will come clean and promise to never do it again." Right, and, and then nobody he says, laughs. He joked. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Um, Buffy asks Willow to get the locker numbers of those students. And then Cordelia says that she's still fragile and insists that Angel escort her home. Buffy is very not happy about that. Nope. Then we cut to the Epps residence where Chris's mom is sitting in front of a TV in a frumpy nightgown, smoking and watching football and does not acknowledge Chris when he enters from a room plastered with keep out stickers. Yeah, Chris's mom really bummed me out. Yeah. I hate seeing despondent parents. It makes me really sad. Yeah. Especially when there's not even something cool to zone out at. Like if she was playing like Xbox or something, I'd be like, okay, that's kind of fun. You know? Yeah, at least she's doing something. But with she's her time. watching, yeah, she's watching like old VHS reruns of a high school football game. Yeah. It's one of the least cool things to watch. <laughs> and to zone out at. Well, at least for us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so like Chris kind of enters this room from a door that has all of these like keep out stickers plastered all over it. Yeah. And he tells her that sh- that he's going out, but she pays him no attention. She does not care. She just keeps her eyes glued to that screen where, like you said, you know, there's just like football High school football. And we can hear Daryl being chanted on the screen. Back at Sunnydale High, Willow, Buffy, and Xander are all breaking into lockers, but they're not like forcing them open, so they must have the combinations, it looks like. Mm -hmm. Because Buffy's got like a sheet of paper, so I think she has combinations on there. Um, And Giles says, you understand in my capacity as school official, this search is completely unauthorized and I cannot condone it. And then, of course, he immediately takes the paper and helps them break into one of the lockers. (laughs) Right. And the shot of uh, Willow and Giles is so grainy. It's so grainy. It looks so so bad. I'm like, I can't even see what's happening in that shot. I know. It was so bad. I noticed that, too. But at least they talk us through kind of what's happening. So they find Grey's Anatomy, Mortician's Desk Reference, and Robichaud's Guide to Muscles and Tendons as well as the newspaper article about the dead cheerleaders in Chris Epps' locker. And then Buffy opens Eric's locker and finds a collage of a woman made out of, like, basically pieced together yeah. out of, like, different magazine clippings of body, body parts. Nice little art project, you know? He's just expressing himself. <sighs> that is, that's one way to do it. Yeah, that is one way to do it. That's expressing some major creep perviness yeah well yep (laughs) (laughs) 
Agreed. All right. I thought you were going to say more there. <laughs> no. Then we cut to Eric and Chris in some basement warehouse lab set up place. Sure. With a Frankenstein female body, mostly covered on the table, but like one of her arms is sticking out. So you can pretty much see what is going on there. Yeah, it's like a Franken woman, huh? Yes. Yeah. And Eric is singing My Girl. Yeah, which makes it so much creepier. Yes, that's ex- that's literally what I wrote, which makes this so much creepier. <laughs> like what they were doing, already creepy. But you yes. sing My Girl, you bring My Girl into it. It's a very innocent song. Oh. Don't be singing My Girl. Don't no. be sullying this great tune by piecing together a Franken woman. Yeah. Not appropriate, Chris and Eric. It's- it's not. It's not good. Singing while you're working on bodies just creeps me out. Like you get a whistle while you work. No, even if you're a legit mortician doing your job, it is weird to whistle while you work on dead people. Well, what are they supposed to do? To you know, are they I allowed to listen to podcasts? Yeah, they can listen to podcasts. Ah. That's acceptable. I wonder if we have any mortician listeners. Yeah, I'd Please. love to know. If you I mean, are a mortician I guess, listener. I guess what are you going to do, right? It's a job. Like, I like to listen to music, but. when you're working on bodies, you probably want to think of something else. You probably got to lighten it up, I guess. Yeah, you got to listen to something. You listen to My Favorite Murder while you're working on dead <laughs> no, bodies. No, that would be the <laughs> Watch bleakest some six existence feet under. <laughs> ever. That'd be so dark. <laughs> they got to listen to something bright and shiny. I guess you're right. Like us. I think just from an outside perspective, it's creepy. Anyway, Eric asks Chris, how's my baby? And Chris says, she's not your baby. And yeah, Eric I don't like says, this talk either. This is no. creepy too. This is This is super all over perf. the line. Chris and Eric, come on, get it together. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do, actually. They're trying to get it together. They are trying to, they're trying to get her together. <laughs> they're trying to get her back together. <laughs> yeah, gross. Gross. Uh, so Eric says, she's not going to be anybody's baby if we don't finish her soon. Yeah. And Chris says, I'm working on it. And Eric says, so am I, friend. So am I. As he <laughs> and also, up. don't call your friend friend, okay, friend? Friend. Listen, friend. Yeah, listen, friend. <laughs> Nobody calls each other friend who's actually friends. Yeah, actually, my landlord has called me that a bunch of times, and I'm like, I'm not your friend. <laughs> yeah, okay, friend And I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> call it friendo. Yeah. Uh, so then Eric, as he's talking to Chris, is hanging up just like recently developed photos, the ones that he took being a creepy perv um, at Sunnydale High of Buffy, Willow, and Cordelia. He's a good developer, though. Those like exposures are right on. (laughs) You would notice that. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, all right, you're creepy as hell trying to put together a woman, but... You I got see a good eye have, for the dark room. You have good eye for the dark room. <laughs> nice so timings on those. <laughs> keep you away from bodies and keep you in a dark room. Yeah. Uh, at school the next day, Buffy wonders why anyone would make a body. And Xander says, people don't fall in love with what's right in front of them. People want the dream, what they can't have. The more unattainable, the more attractive. Xander's saying this because Buffy. There's so much happening here. So Xander <laughs> so much is, double talk. <laughs> yeah, it's triple talk because yeah. Xander is clearly talking about his attraction to Buffy, but also unknowingly about Willow's attraction Willow to and him Xander. and Buffy's attraction to Angel and Angel's attraction. It's like oh, this whole so rigmarole. Much. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. It'd be cool if Angel was actually into Willow. 
That would be nice. And you know what? That maybe would complete that's, the trifecta. Maybe that's what is going to happen. You can make a I'm prediction about that. I'm not putting that in my predictions. <laughs> that's not going to happen. So yeah, so they're kind of like talking about it a little bit. And then Buffy says, but it's not doable, right? I mean, making someone from scraps, actually making them live. Willow says, if it is, my science project's definitely coming in second this year. <laughs> Um, then they spot a distracted Giles who looks, he just like, looks like this shy little schoolboy, like holding his briefcase, you know, like hug, like hugging his briefcase and books to his chest. He's kind of like looking out at Miss Calendar. Buffy gives him a pep talk and then Buffy, Willow, and Xander walk away, leaving Giles to face Miss Calendar alone. And she insists that he call her Jenny. Jenny. And says, <laughs> Jenny. She says, <laughs> Miss Calendar was my father, <laughs> which I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even realize that when she said it. I was like, Miss Calendar is my father. That's funny. Yeah. I was like, oh, That's <laughs> not good. sure what to do with that one. She's hilarious. Yeah. I want you to like her. I don't know why you don't like she's her. She's growing on me, okay? All right, she's good. She's got to, you know. She's she got to earn, earn it. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Giles super awkwardly tries to ask her out totally failing at it and like stumbling over his words but she's rushing him yeah she's rushing him because she's got to set up her computer lab yeah but Um, what's so funny is that she rushes him she runs away then she pops back out and she's like let's have another five minute conversation i know (laughs) and i was like oh he could have got through it if you would have just waited those few seconds yeah yeah help a man out but maybe she knew and she was just helping him out that way. It's like, I'm just going to break this tension, go inside, come back out, and then I'm just going to force him into a date because that's what he wants anyways. She yeah, was reading the she room. Knew. I think yeah. she knew. She's she's smart. She's one smart cookie. Yeah. So instead, she invites him out to the football game that night super casually. And then Giles does a happy skip away. <laughs> Did you notice that? I didn't notice the happy skip. No. Oh, he like it. turns around and he's like, he's like, Yes. And like does this little like, does a little happy, heel click happy yeah. yeah not a full heel <laughs> click but he definitely does like a little jump and like right. scampers off it's adorable yeah. um, then in a science lab Willow is flipping through a book thinking out loud about what could reanimate a corpse Xander sitting there making hilarious puns with an anatomy skull well you yeah. and I would think they're hilarious but not everybody would this is the moment where I was like I know we talked about who we might be in the Buffy universe with Kathleen. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, am I Xander? Sometimes Xander, like, his antics are a little annoying. And I'm like, yeah, I guess my antics are a little annoying sometimes. I guess it checks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't find them annoying, but that's because you, you and I are on the same page about- On the same crazy loop. Puns, and we will, we will just keep going. Yeah. But, that, but, like, you and I can do that. And, like, same thing with Dave, and we have, like, a, couple, like a few very select friends who can do that. Who can hang. But most everybody else would <laughs> it's be It's a very like, elite club. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most everybody else would be like Willow and Giles and Buffy yeah. and just be Bunch like- Bunch of eye rollers. <laughs> That's why I feel like I'm somewhere between, I'm somewhere between Xander and, and Willow, like if you combine their personalities. Well, I want to be Giles. That's what I'm going to- That's what you're going to strive for? I'm going to strive for being Giles. Okay. Good luck with that. Why? He's just just a man of class. Okay. You know, he's got a lot of class. He's got a lot going for him. Are you going to get rid of your computers and your Mm -hmm. TVs? Yes. Yeah? If that's what it takes. 
<laughs> You're going to read a lot more books? All right, this isn't going to work out. I'm not going to be Giles. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hold my feet to the flames like that. Well, you know, it's you you know what? Just embrace who you are. Keeping okay. me honest. You're yeah. okay. It's okay to be Xander. Xander Xander has had a lot of hero moments. Yeah, that's true. Including in this episode. So That's true. He is you know, a hero don't, in this episode again. Yeah. It's kind of like when people say that they don't want to be a Hufflepuff in Harry Potter. Yeah. I'm a Hufflepuff and I am damn proud to be a Hufflepuff. We are loyal friends. We stick beside people. Yeah, we but they're also hard. wearing pink and you love pink, so. You they're, know, what? They're not they're, wearing pink. Oh, okay. Well, let's move on. <laughs> Hufflepuff is yellow or gold and uh, and black. Okay, you're right. And then Buffy walks in and informs them that Chris and Eric didn't come into school that day. Then Giles enters and informs them that the police found three heads in a dumpster, meaning they don't have a head yet. So they don't have a complete body, but they are one step away. Well, it seems like they're really getting ahead of this investigation, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Seems like they really have their heads in the game. Sounds to me like they maybe have their heads up their asses. (laughs) I don't have any more. Okay. (laughs) These are basically the puns that Xander was making with the skull. And (laughs) you just said that you didn't want to be Xander. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, fine. So then we cut to Chris's home uh, and we kind of go through the camera sort of takes us through that keep out door. He and Eric are arguing about whether or not they have time. Eric is implying that they'll need to kill someone for the head. But Chris refuses, then turns to look at his reanimated brother. Daryl. Daryl. All torn up, but pieced back together. He's all like stitched up all over his face and funny looking like... He's funny looking, you know. He's funny Funny looking. looking. (laughs) I mean, I meant like his coloring was like funny. Yeah, you know, it's not. Is he's not normal? What whatever's going on with him is not normal. No, he doesn't look like a normal human. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And Daryl says, "You promised me, little brother, that I wouldn't be alone." (laughs) I was like, "What kind of promise is that, little brother?" Yeah, little brother. I promise you, older brother, won't be alone. He's like, "Oh crap." What did I just say? Now I got to piece together a girl out of body parts? Oh, boy. <laughs> my, li- my teenage <laughs> life is getting out of hand very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what uh, I don't know what happened to his brain to make yeah. him make that, that promise. Yeah, what is that transaction? That's weird. All right, so Eric says um, if they have, if they harvest a head... Literally, that's what he says. If they harvest a head that night, the girl could be ready by sunrise. And zombie Daryl pleads with Chris to make this happen. I guess he's not a zombie because he's not. I wouldn't call him zombie. He's like a risen from the dead guy. Yeah. Or peace back together. He's Frankenbrother. He's he's Frankenstein's monster. Frankenbrother. Frankenbro. (laughs) Eric shows Daryl the photos he took for him to choose, and he picks Cordelia. And then in the library, Xander says the the guys seem pretty picky, seeing as they already had three heads. But Willow and Giles suggest that they'd be no good because formaldehyde accelerates neural decay in the brain cells. So basically, for the three cheerleaders who died... Because they would have had to have formaldehyde put into them, you know, for their like wakes and funerals and stuff. Essentially, their 
the cell, their brain cells will have degraded. So if they attached the head to the body, be big the heads dum-dums. wouldn't work. They would yeah. either be dumb or just like not, not even functioning enough to even work at all. Therefore, you know, probably rendering the body useless. So yeah. they need a fresh, fresh a head. Fresh head. <laughs> we need fresh head. Fresh heads. Oh, that doesn't sound good. They decide to scope out Eric's and Chris's houses as Giles heads to the football game. Buffy goes alone to Chris's house, whose mom lets her in without saying a word. Buffy asks her about Chris, but his mom, who is wearing the same nightgown, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she doesn't get out of that thing. It's she does favorite. not get out of that thing. She's just sitting there smoking her cigarette. Wearing She's like, nightgown. football. Her hair's all crazy. Yeah. Um, and he, she just keeps telling Buffy about the game that she's watching. So she's like trying to like basically narrating it to Buffy, talking up Daryl, not at all interested in Chris's whereabouts. Buffy spots the keep outdoor and just walks through it. She's like, huh, I'll go check that out. Yeah. This woman she's like, all right, know. you're no help lady. So <laughs> I'm just going to walk through the house. Yep. Um, and it basically goes down into the basement. Buffy finds the photos and an anatomy drawing with Cordelia's head cut out from the photo glued to the top of it. As Daryl creeps up unnoticed behind her, she hears a sound and then exits through an open window before before she like sees Daryl. So Daryl just hangs out there all day, just yeah. in the basement. He just hangs out there. Okay. That's the life, you know? I mean, That's why not? Cool why not be, be brought back yeah. to just sit in a basement all day? I feel like his mom would be so like pumped up if he just came upstairs even though he's like all busted up yeah he'd be like mom what you watching oh my highlights cool can i sit down next to you and then like she'd be so happy because look how bummed she is i know she'd be like boy you don't look as good as before but at least you're here yeah yeah i i feel like you're probably right so but you know they keep him in the basement right then in the goddamn girl's locker room again Again, Cordelia is applying lipstick all alone because the other cheerleaders head out to the game. When Chris shows up, then Eric pulls a pillowcase over her head. Buffy rescues Cordelia, kicking Eric in the face, which he like just kind of gets up from and runs away, (laughs) which I'm like, I don't know how that didn't like debilitate him more, but maybe she did a soft kick. Maybe he just has a soft face. Maybe. Yeah. Just like bounced right off of him. Just absorbed her foot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Cordelia insists that she's okay. She's like, I have to go. I'm the apex, which is that like the top of the pyramid. was ridiculous. I was I like, know. that was a very traumatic event where you almost died. But it's okay. very Cordelia to be like, I'm good. You kicked the guy in the face. Like, I'm fine. I got to go. That's true. It's very it Cordelia. Match- matches her character. Yeah. So Buffy stays in the girl's locker room pleading with Chris because she knows that Chris is there even though she doesn't see him um, before you know so she's like pleading with him and then he shows himself and he says I have to do this for him he needs someone and keeps talking about how you know he has always looked out for him and everybody loved him and then Buffy realizes that he's talking about his brother about Daryl about Daryl Frank and Daryl who is currently raging in the basement and Eric is like trying to calm him down, assuring him that he can do it without Chris. And he says, let's scare you up a date. Let's go scare you up a date. Yeah. He says it very creepily. Yeah. Well, everything he does is fucking creepy. Yeah. Chris and Buffy get to the basement, but Daryl and Eric are gone. And then at the game, Jenny and Giles are engaging in playful banter 
when Jenny calls it a date, which Giles seems excited about. Oh, and I loved in this scene, we see Giles just <laughs> walks in holding all the snacks. I know. He's got popcorn, perfect. drinks, Cracker Jacks. Yeah, he's holding, <laughs> he's got so many things. Yeah, so fun. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Willow and Xander show up, inform them that they found nothing at Eric's except for a bunch of computer equipment and a pornography collection so pro- so prodigious it scared even me sander says yeah i heard that and it didn't quite register for me <laughs> <laughs> and then we see daryl kind of creeping under the the bleachers getting emotional as he sees like all the guys getting ready and like you know heading onto the field to play football then he sees cordelia break away from the cheering to get some water He grabs her and she screams just as a crowd goes wild, drowning out her scream. Buffy and Chris then arrive too late. Uh, In the lab next to the body, Cordelia is being strapped to a table blindfolded. She asks to have it removed, promising she won't scream. Daryl removes it and of course she screams. And hey, here's a girl that can scream. (laughs) Cordelia screams a lot this episode. Yeah. And it's not like, like I definitely feel like there are some screams in tv and movies that are just like pitiful but cordelia can scream good screams in this scene yeah so for a second time in less than a year cordelia is sitting next to a bunch of surgical equipment waiting to be sliced up (laughs) this poor girl i mean she's been through a lot she's pretty resilient she keeps getting attacked yeah they want the popular girls well it often has to do with her beauty too like invisigirl wanted to slice her up because of her beauty she was Mm -hmm. jealous of that Yep. And this guy wants her head to attach to his Frankendoll yeah. for her beauty. So yeah. maybe being the hottest girl in school is not the greatest thing on earth. Yeah, you know, maybe tone it down a little bit, Cordelia. <laughs> Mess up that hair, frizz it up. Yeah, we'll start wearing some of that uh, 1700s of that colonial <laughs> yeah. stuff that you were wearing in the Nightmare episode. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Eric says they're ready, tells Cordelia, you're going to feel a little pinch, maybe some discomfort around the neck area, but don't worry. When you wake up, you'll have the body of a 17-year-old. In fact, you'll have the body of several. <laughs> That's gross, yeah. So gross. He lifts the sheet, Cordelia sees it, and screams bloody murder again. Chris finally tells Buffy where Eric and Daryl would be. And then she tells, she's like, okay, I'm going to go. You let Willow and Xander know. And she takes off. Cordelia pleads with Daryl saying she'll be fine. She'll be with him like as is, you know, no need to cut up, <laughs> cut her up and put her on the, the other body. Eric moves to slice her as Buffy busts the door in with a big kick he throws the knife at her she catches it and then he he just like runs and hides like under a table or something in the back (laughs) like it's just very weird buffy tells daryl to stop and is like kind of pleading with him um but then he grabs a cleaver and then buffy disarms him fighting ensues daryl knocks over a gasoline can prevents eric from leaving tossing him into some metal barrels knocking um eric out throws eric like a rag doll throws him yeah yeah Knocks him right out. Buffy does a lot of big kicks at Daryl. Xander shows up as Daryl knocks over a Bunsen burner. Uh, and then Xander struggles to get Cordelia free. Like he's trying to get her the straps like loosened, but he's struggling with it. So he decides to just wheel her out through the fire. He like jumps on the stretcher. Yeah, they and, like, roll through the fire. Rolls through the fire. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Willow and Giles then show up, grab Eric, and then run off as Buffy is still battling Daryl. 
he knocks Buffy down, kind of knocking the wind out of her and then picks up one of those old like chair attached desks to throw it down on her. But Chris and Jenny show up just in time and Chris shouts for his brother to stop. Daryl tosses the desk aside, walks through the fire and then lays on top of his Franken bride body and is like, you're mine. We'll always be together. Yeah, it goes down together. in a blaze of glory. Yeah. Boy, some would say he was like really hot for her. <laughs> I think he was very hot and bothered. <laughs> oh, he's definitely bothered. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's really fanning the flames of love. <laughs> yeah. Steamy relationship. <laughs> oh, we're the best. <laughs> uh, sitting outside a bit later amidst the fire trucks, Chris tells Buffy how Daryl said that he shouldn't have brought him back. They're sitting on top of a car, but I'm like, I couldn't tell if it was like a cop car and if Chris was going to be arrested. Definitely something should happen to him and Eric, and it doesn't. Yeah, they <laughs> like, can't get off scot-free after no, all the hijinks. No, but nothing is really resolved here. Like, yeah. we don't know. And maybe they'll tell us next episode. I don't know, but... Mm, doubt it. Angel shows up and asks if everyone is okay. Then we see Giles apologizing to Jenny, who says... A good rule of thumb for a first date is don't do anything so exciting that it'll be hard to top on the second date, which of course- You said second date. You're kind of like riffraff there more than <laughs> yeah, Giles. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite dialed in correctly No, there. that was creepy. <laughs> it kind of came out like uh, Snape. Oh yeah, you a little bit, little bit Snape. Second date, Mr. Potter. <laughs> Xander and Willow are walking through the scene and Xander says, well, I guess that makes it official. Everybody's paired off. Vampires get dates. Hell, even the school librarian sees more action than me. You ever think that the world is a giant game of musical chairs and the music stopped and we're the only ones who don't have a chair? Willow says all the time. And then Cordelia approaches them kind of interrupting and starts like really thanking Xander. Like she's being like very genuine. Thank you so much. Like you were such a hero. If there's anything that I could ever do. And then Xander is just like, do you mind? We're talking here. Yeah, that was funny. (laughs) Does not take her. And she's just like, okay. Like she just kind of looks like what? And walks away. Willow goes wondering why we never get dates. And Xander's like, yeah, so why do you think that is? What I like about it is that Xander, you would think, would be into all the hot girls. But Mm -hmm. Cordelia, he's not into. Yeah. He's just not into. Everybody else is. The thing about Xander is, like, he doesn't really seem to be into the girls that he grew up around. So he's not into Cordelia. He's not into, like, any of the girls that... Cordelia hangs around with right like he's never mentioned any of them he's got to have the new shiny he's got to have the new shiny blonde girl yeah (laughs) (laughs) doesn't care that she's trying to thank him Uh, then we cut to Angel and Buffy walking through the cemetery talking about the day's events and Buffy is sort of thinking aloud about how like almost saying that it's like nice that Chris was doing all of this for her for his brother and I'm like it's still bad, you know? Yeah. Let's not justify this. There's no justifying this. But she kind of repeats Willow's quote, you know, love makes you do the wacky. And Angel says, like a 241-year-old being jealous of a high school junior. Yeah, that is pretty wacky. 
Yeah. Um, and Buffy assures him that she doesn't love Xander. And Angel says, yeah, but he's in your life. He gets to be there when I can't. Take your classes, eat your meals, hear your jokes and complaints. He gets to see you in the sunlight. And Buffy says, I don't look that good in direct light. Then Angel realizes it'll be morning soon. So Buffy offers to walk him home. They walk off into the misty graveyard as the camera tilts down to show Daryl's grave. And that's that. One observation I had about Angel. Yeah. Less hot in this season so far. So in this episode specifically like what well, is the this jacket tan he's wearing jacket that you're wearing yeah dude? the it's jacket like he's wearing so is nerdy. doing him no favors yeah he looks like uh it's too big he just looks like such a preppy boy it just looks big and like it's off of the clearance rack in jc penny it's yeah, like get no, no, that no, no, velvet no, no. blazer back you gotta get a special slim cut mm-hmm. okay that's yeah what... like the velvet the black velvet blazer he was wearing the season right. finale Right, you gotta have gotta something that, that hugs on. hugs the bod, you know. Yeah, we need and to also, see that. And also, his hair on the side needs to be brought in a little bit. Needs to have <laughs> it's a little too wild. It's a little too poofed out. Okay, I mm. know because this happens to my hair a lot. Okay. You know, if you don't if you don't stay on top of it, it, poofs out. Right. Yeah, you gotta you should call him up, give him some tips. You gotta trim it down. So there really isn't so much trivia for this, um, but one thing I found that I thought was kind of interesting is that. Ingo Newhouse, who plays Daryl Epps, the brother who comes back to life. Mm-hmm. He was in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Veronica okay. Mars, and True Blood. And okay. he was also in the Weird Science TV show, which first oh. of all, didn't even know that existed. Me neither. But I find it really funny because Weird Science is, of course, about two science nerds. Piecing creating- together a woman. They're creating a... Well, they're not piecing her together. They create her on a computer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, not body parts, so it's a little bit less icky. But how funny is that? That, Too funny. Too funny. (laughs) So yeah, that's Buffy. All right, we ready to get into Lost? Yeah, let's talk about Lost. So this is Lost Season 1 episode 13 titled hearts and minds this episode originally aired on january 12th 2005 it was written by carlton cuse and javier grio Marxwatch, and is directed by rod holcomb my predictions from last episode were that we were going to get boone or shannon's backstory a Nailed check again i don't think we're going to find claire for another few episodes maybe not until right before the season finale Nailed that so one nailed so that far. One. I do think the the guy that Kate killed deserved it. We don't know anything more about that. And then I said that I think Claire's in a Rosemary's baby situation. We don't know any more about that this episode. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I wrote down was Bunker. Bunker. Okay. All right. So this episode starts with an eye shot. Oh, wow. Another I'm so suspicious. This is just, this is getting to be like <laughs> Lost always starting with an eye shot and Buffy always starting in a cemetery. <laughs> eye of the island, man. It sees everything, right? So it's Boone's eye and uh, he's looking on at Shannon and Saeed Boone's talking on the beach. Yeah, he Boone's looks real pissed and suspicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, what's going on with that? Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to talk to you about this episode because I know your thoughts on certain things. So <laughs> moving right along here, Saeed, 
uh, brought her a nice present, some nice yeah. shoes, right? Yeah, some shoes. Oh my god! And she's like, shoes. "Oh, these are these are close to my size. Not quite my size, but pretty close." And my my feet have and then been she swollen. Slaps him with the shoes. Like, why couldn't you bring me the right size? <laughs> you dumb person, you. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. Hurley arrives and talks to Boone and asks why him and Locke haven't caught anything while out hunting in the jungle. Hurley's like, "Come on, man. This isn't a game, man." <laughs> He wants, he wants some of that boar meat. I mean, yeah. I would too. Flashback to Boone playing tennis and Shannon calls him on the phone, very distressed. And there's some disturbance on the line as she screams for someone to get the hell away from her. And she asks for Boone to come get her and that she's in Sydney, Australia. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, Shannon is entangled with a bad dude. Bad dudes. Bad dudes. Mm-hmm. Seems like she would get involved with some bad dudes. Yeah, that does not surprise me. So we cut back to the island, and Boone tells Saeed to stay away from his sister. And he sort of threatens him in a way. Yeah, which I'm like, Boone, come on. Not a good look. You're going to threaten Saeed. (laughs) First of all, he's being perfectly nice. He's very smart. And also, he has a background in torture, my friend. (laughs) Like... Right. Because generally he seems very even keeled. Right. And helpful. And the only person he's really tortured is Sawyer who deserved it. And then he did this, you know, he like walked off on a spiritual journey because he felt so bad about it. So anyways, he threatens him in a way. And then Locke calls him over saying that he found some fresh tracks. He's like, come on, come on, Boone, let's go hunting. Mm-hmm. So Locke and Boone walk through the jungle and Locke tells him to leave Saeed alone because he's competent and, well, we need him on our side. Right. And Boone, That's what I was thinking. That's what you were saying. Boone talks about how uh, people are always asking about the hunting that they're mm-hmm. doing or that they say that they're doing. And Locke says that there's plenty of fish to go around. And right now this is our priority. Yeah, I like that he's kind of like, let them eat fish. <laughs> yeah, let them eat fish. They don't need boar, okay? Fish. <laughs> yeah, that's plenty of protein for them. As he says this, they uncover the hatch that they found previously. Bunker. Well, right now they're calling it a hatch. We don't yeah, know I what know. it is. I know okay? that's what they're calling it. Okay. So then we get the lost title, and then we're back with Jack and Hurley in the jungle. And then Hurley's <laughs> saying, so, Jack. I love this scene, because as soon as... As soon as I, we see Hurley start pulling together leaves, I'm like, I know where this is going. You know what's up here. I know what's up. Yeah. And Jack says, so Hurley. And Hurley wants to ask him a question. And he hasn't been feeling so great. And he's mm-hmm. sort of beating around the bush a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he's been having some major digestive issues. And he's been eating all fruits because Jack asked about his diet. Yeah. And Jack tells him, well, <laughs> you got to eat some protein. And Hurley says, look, there's no boar, and uh, he doesn't want Jin's fish because Jin has it out for him. And then Hurley's like, I gotta, I gotta go. And then he runs off because he's got to poop. Well, yeah. he Well, so he's gathering leaves, and Jack yeah. is like, you're not eating those, right? And he's like, "No, I need dude, these. these aren't for eating. <laughs> right. <laughs> he runs off. Yeah. <laughs> they, they is poop leaves. <laughs> yeah, they're for a wiping. They're for toilet paper. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Um, so then we cut to Kate gathering plants by herself and Jack's creeping through the jungles and he's sort of looking at her through the leaves Mm -hmm. and he's like, there's my girl. And then, (laughs) a little creepy. And then she sort of smirks and says, I can see you, you know. Yeah. Maybe if he didn't breathe so loudly, Kate wouldn't have known he was there. (sighs) 
she's like, I can hear you, you know. I can smell that breath. You haven't brushed it. And like, she doesn't know I'm here yet. <laughs> yeah. Who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah. So he approaches her and she shows him the passion fruit seeds that she's been collecting. And they seem to be back to old normal and Kate uh, now after mm-hmm. last episode where it's a little tense. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're back to normal. Everything's cool now. But I noticed that he's wearing he's wearing a key around his neck. I'm assuming that's the key to this suitcase. Mm, I didn't notice that, but you didn't? I think that makes sense. No, I didn't notice that. Oh. Yeah, he's definitely wearing a key around his neck. Yeah, maybe it's the key to his heart and he's just waiting for oh, Kate to Jack. take it. He's like, that's that, so nice. Kate, it's the key to my heart and he found it. Thank you. Yeah, that'd be very romantic. <laughs> Um, so they arrive to Sun. <laughs> so silly. Who is creating a little garden of herbs. And she Yay! has also started a little grove not oh, far from I love there. It. Yeah. Kate posits the idea that Locke isn't catching boar anymore. Like he's not in the business of catching boar. They're, they're up to something out in the woods, Jack. Boone and Locke back at the hatch where they're, they're trying to figure it out and try to figure out how to open it, but they're not having much luck. The glass won't break and it's made of cement is what Boone says. Yeah. And there's and, no, there's no like latch or handle or anything Nothing like to grab on to. No latch yeah. on the hatch. No latch on the hatch. No hatch latch. Locke. <laughs> <laughs> so Locke is mixing something up with like a little uh, coconut. He's got like a coconut and he's mixing some sort of mixture up. Mm-hmm. And Boone asks about what it is. And Locke tells this big long story about Michelangelo working on a block of marble um, that became eventually the statue of David. And he's, he ends with, this is such a Locke story too. This is how Locke gets through all of his points. Is like, let me tell you this long three minute story. And yeah. then the point that I get to will be, It'll be okay, but it won't be like blow you out of the water. Won't be point. worth it. Yeah. I mean, the moth one was okay. It was pretty good. It's like a yeah. C plus, you know? The moth one was pretty good. But it takes I a I would give the moth one like a B. Okay. This one though, I'd give it like a C minus. So basically what he's saying is like they're staring at the hatch. Yeah. Like staring at the hatch is them working on it. Right. They're figuring it out. And I don't think Boone was very impressed. He's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I kind of love this because like Boone, I don't like, I don't think Boone is an idiot, but he's definitely like pretty dopey. So it's kind of fun that he and Locke are pairing up and having these like, you know, because Locke seems like a guy who wants to have like these deep philosophical conversations. Yeah. And Boone's not the guy you do that with. No, so Boone's it is... like his lackey. He's yeah, like, just, just come along of... with me. I need an extra pair of hands. Right. And it's a pretty face. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut to a flashback of Boone arriving at a house in Sydney, Australia. He shows up to this house and Shannon's there. Shannon mm-hmm. with her boyfriend, Brian. And yep. she seems sort of like taken aback. Like, you're actually here? Like, oh, yeah, hi. Yeah, like she's surprised. Yeah, we're, she's surprised. She's like, we're just about to go out with some friends. And he's like, I just spent 15 hours on a plane to come get you. Yeah. But she acts like nothing's wrong. She's like, ah, oh, we're going out. So then she goes out with her friends. Well, she, but she like kind of tucks her hair behind her ear and reveals a big old mark on her forehead. Oh, I missed that. Like she was punched. (laughs) How did you miss that? I don't know, man. (laughs) Like basically someone beat her. Yeah. Or certainly appears so, huh? And that's, that's what it appeared to be. Okay. 
So, so to me, like I was reading that scene, like she was like, oh, I don't know why you're here. Like basically trying fine. Trying to yeah, cover like it up. trying to cover so that the wink, guy wink. that she's with doesn't suspect anything. Right. And then she pulls her hair back so that Boone Bruce. can see. But the guy, her like boy toy, whatever she's with, Brian. can't see it. Yeah. So kind of to be like help me i'm actually help. really in trouble you know she, she blinks morse code help back on the island hurley runs up to Jin, asking about how to f- get fish himself and he's like just point me in the right direction and Jin speaks some korean to him and he said you just said something mean didn't you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boone and Locke walk through the jungle and boone talks about how he's protective over his sister he says something like she's smart she's special in many ways yeah, which I was like, Shannon, really? And like, hmm, there's more hmm. to the story, huh? Hmm. Hmm. So he wants to tell Shannon about the hatch to get her off his back because she knows that something's up. Mm-hmm. And Locke, at this point, knocks Boone out. He knocks him right out. Yeah, he hits him with like the back of his knife, doesn't Did he? Did not see that coming. He's like, Shazam, go to sleep. Shh. Yeah. Boone comes too, and he's all tied up, and he's tied up in a weird way. He's got one arm tied up in the front and the other one tied up in the back. Yeah, so he can't easily like wriggle out. Like if his hands were tied together, he could still use his hands kind of. Yeah. But he can't. Yeah, I I wrote down, I was like, that is some expert tying that he did. So like he's, he definitely knows more than just like wanting to do a walkabout. You know what I mean? Yeah, he knows his knots. He knows his knots. He knows his stuff. Locke is there and he's mixing up paste or whatever it is mm-hmm. in a coconut still. And he says, I'm doing this, Boone, because it's time to let go of some things. And he smooshes the paste stuff on the yeah. back of his head where the wound is, where he hit him. Yeah. And then he throws a knife in front of him. Yeah. And he says, you'll be able to cut yourself free when you have the proper motivation. And then Locke walks off into the jungle, just leaving Boone there. Well, he tells him which way to go to get back to camp. Oh, yeah. West is that way. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what is, what's Locke's motivation here? Why would he knock him out and then tell him how to get back? Like if he was mad that, because like the way, the way that this shot is set up, you know, what happens is Boone is telling Locke, like, you know, we got to tell Shannon about this. And then Locke knocks him out. Yep. So so you're thinking, like, he knocks him out because he doesn't want Shannon to know about the hatch, right? right. But then he ties him up and then tells him how to get back to camp. Yeah. So that doesn't make any sense. So mm-hmm. then I, so I was like, okay, what is he doing? Oh, he must be trying to get, like he's doing with everyone, he must be trying to get boon to work out whatever it is he need to work out he needs to work out or let go of like he's saying right which is pretty accurate because something like that kind of happens yes then we hit a flashback and boon is at a police station who's trying to talk to a cop into helping him get shannon away from this brian guy yeah and we find out at this point that she's his stepsister and there's no blood relation and they're very explicit about this Yes. He wants someone to pay this guy a visit, though. So, and then we see who in the background? Sawyer. Sawyer getting dragged around by a, co- a couple of cops. dragged around. Yeah. And Boone definitely looks and sees him. Right. So I was like, why didn't Boone say anything about knowing Sawyer? I mean, if he's like me, I could see 
a bunch of people throughout my day and never recognize their face or, you know. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I mean, I run into him again. I, I guess to me, like Sawyer has a pretty unique haircut, like not yeah, totally true. unique, but it's just and like his not voice a, too. Yeah, like his southern. Voice, yeah. Right. So to me, that would sort of stand out. But I could also see Boone not really picking up on it because he's kind of in distress. And yeah. also when the cop is talking to Boone, he's like, he sort of implies that Boone is in love with his sister. He does. That's de- like he doesn't come out and say that, but like the questions that he's asking, whatever whatever the cop is saying to Boone, like the questions that he's asking, it's like there's just implication that he's like there's hints, like oh, like are you jealous of this guy? Like you're, yeah, you know, like he doesn't come What's out and say, are you? you in love with your sister? But it's like just it's kind of right there, that. yeah, yeah. And so okay. I wrote at this point, Pat, I told you I cannot deal with incest. Yeah. What about step incest? It's the same to me. Okay. Boone approaches the Australian boyfriend at this point, Brian, and he tells him he'll pay him to leave Shannon. And he offers him $25,000, but the guy says, you know what? 50000 because I really like her. And Boone writes him a check right away. Mm-hmm. Cut back to the jungle. Son and Kate talk. And Kate is just sort of telling a story. And she looks over at Sun's reaction and Sun's sort of smirking at her story and like following along. Yeah, like she understands. Right, like she's understanding. And then Kate realizes that Sun speaks English and Mm -hmm. she asks if that's true. And then Sun turns to her and just says, please don't tell anyone. On the beach, Hurley struggles to fish very badly. It's so fun. He's quite frustrated. (laughs) And this is the second time we've seen Hurley struggle to fish. Yeah. The first time it's it was great. with Charlie. And both of, both of these times, I'm like, yep, this is exactly what I would look like trying to fish. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then in the process, he steps on a, a sea urchin. Yep. And it stings and hurts. And he runs out. And Jin, Jin starts helping him. And Hurley asks Jin to pee on his wound. He's yeah. like, come on, man. Or else I'll pee lose my it. foot. Pee on it. He just like, keeps like, screaming at him. Yeah. Pee on it. Just pee on it. Yeah. And <laughs> so Jin's like, no. Funny. No. <laughs> and also Jin is like trying to carry Hurley, like yeah. puts him on like trying to like get him out of the um out of the water, like onto the beach. Oh my yeah. god, it's this is a fun scene. Saeed is in the jungle creating a homemade compass with a needle, magnet, and water. And Locke arrives and he tells him that uh, he's orienteering. And Locke says he hasn't seen one of those compasses since he was a weebaloo. Weebaloo. Weebaloo? Weebaloo. Weebaloo. And he says, uh, it was like the Cub Scouts. And he says, I wasn't the most popular kid. And then Locke gives him a proper compass, like a Mm -hmm. real nice one. So then we cut to Boone tied up in the jungle and this scene's pretty intense he hears shannon who's screaming off in the distance a little bit yeah and again my first thought was it's jabber jays yeah it was like, like oh this is the jungle messing with him yeah so he hears the roar and thrashing he, he hears the screaming and the roar and the screaming and the roaring the thrashing cuts himself free out of the ropes and then the noises get louder as he comes around the corner and he sees shannon he cuts Shannon out, who is tied to a tree, and they run through the jungle as something chases them. Dinosaur they hide creature. some sort of dinosaur or something, and they hide into some sort of tree thicket grouping. What would you call that? I don't know. It definitely, th- I think a thicket is is the okay. correct way of. So things get really quiet, 
And then there's some crazy thrashing noises. Very scary. Then we cut to Jack and Saeed, and they're walking through the jungle. And Saeed asks where North is, and Jack guesses, and Saeed shows him that North is actually registering very differently on the island with this compass that Locke gave him. So he's sort of unsure if Locke just gave him a bum compass or, if, you know, there's something up, you know? Yeah, like, because he talks about the magnetic field. The magnetic variation, yeah. yeah. Because there is there is normally a magnetic variation between true north and magnetic north. Mm-hmm. There's some degrees off normally. Yeah, yeah. but it's like either but like point something off. degree or like a couple, but he, yeah, but this is couple like degrees. way, way off. Yeah, and actually magnetic north moves around a lot. And right now it's sort of beelining like towards like Russia or something. What? Yeah, and so every year or every, I think every year or every couple of years, they have to update like the maps and stuff because the um, magnetic north changes and it moves. It's this weird anomaly that they don't really know why. Oh my God, it's the island. Isn't that strange? That is strange. Yeah, I learned about that when I was doing my drone testing. Oh. We cut back to Boone and Shannon who are still within the tree thicket thing. And things seem quiet again, and they start to sort of creep out slowly out of the thicket. And Shannon asks what he did to Locke to piss him off so much. Then we flash back to Boone talking with Shannon in Australia. He tries getting her to leave with him because they're still in the boyfriend's house. She stays silent, and then the boyfriend, Brian, walks in and basically just lets the cat out of the bag and tells Boone that she set him up and that she told Brian about how his mom screwed her over with all the money from the business because Boone ended up with all the money or something from the business. (laughs) No, her her dad died. (laughs) Do you even watch these shows, Pat? (laughs) Yeah. Did you pay attention? Were you half asleep? Yeah, but go ahead. You you help uh, fill it in here. So she talked about how she was screwed out of getting her inheritance because her dad died. Yeah, let's get into that. Go ahead. Oh, keep you going. were? No, no, no. Just keep going. So basically, her her Shannon's dad married Boone's mom. Right. And that's how they're step siblings. And they have this big wedding business. And correct wedding planning or well, something. Well, I don't know if I don't know if Shannon's dad was involved in that, but but Boone's mom is. Right. And he and he's also involved in in the business. Right. So it's, it sounds like we're talking about a wedding mafia now the way we're talking yeah. about. He's also involved Boone's in the in the family mafia. business. Yeah. And she's just trying to get what she's owed is yeah. what Brian so, says. So I'm like how how did her dad die? Hmm. Did Boone's mom murder him to get his money for Your her wedding business? Mine always goes to dark places. I just, I always suspect foul play. Right. Also because of wedding mafia. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's look at Martha Stewart. She's not squeaky clean. So Locke and Jack are on the beach and Locke is looking out to the ocean for ships. And Jack asks where Boone is. And Locke says, I haven't seen him today. And Jack's like, huh, that's weird because you guys been attached at the hip all week. And Locke checks his hip. (laughs) Yeah, Locke's like, hmm, let me check my hip. Nope, no Boone. (laughs) So Jack (laughs) asks about the boars. And Locke's like, "Eh, can I be honest with you? I think they're migrating out away from us. So he's telling some lies, some boar face lies. Uh Nice. Kate and Son talk about her English speaking. And Jin doesn't know. 
Hurley and Jin are on the beach. Jin brings some uh, urchin for Hurley to eat. And then Hurley is pretty scared of it, but he tries it anyways. He's yeah. like, ah, over the lips, past the gums, yada, yada. Okay. He tries it and then he pukes it up. Yep. Also <laughs> would be me. <laughs> yeah. Charlie and Jack talk about what Locke's story might be. I love this part. This is so, so great. And then Charlie's like, Locke? The guy's a freak of nature. Highly disturbed. The chances are that he killed all his mates at the post office the day his mom forgot to put a cookie in his lunchbox. <laughs> I'm so glad he's talking again and in much better spirits. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, Charlie, thank God we needed this. <laughs> yeah, and Jack's like, so you trust him? Yeah. And he said, if there's one person I'd put my absolute faith in to save us all, it'd be John Locke. And he's kind of yeah. like, sorry, you know, to, to yeah, Jack. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So then we cut to Michael at the caves and Walt chases Vincent the dog around. Hurley arrives with him. Jin gives Hurley a fish, which yeah. has already been cleaned and Hurley's happy about that because and that's so nice it was so nice. nice to see a little little softer side of Jin. yeah Jin's starting to come around he's not so and abrasive. i also feel like they might both know english but aren't telling each other really interesting yeah. but hurley tests that yeah but i but i think Jin knows you think he just had a poker face i think he just had a little bit of a poker face okay when hurley had his foot stung and he was like your wife's hot <laughs> yeah and and Jin like kind of looks at him but he doesn't get like raging pissed angry so then we cut to uh kate she sees Jin and son walking and talking and uh jack sidles up next to her at the waterfall and he gives her guava seeds yeah thanks jack then we cut to Shannon and Boone walking through the jungle, and she presses him for info about what Locke and him have been up to in the jungle, and he tells her, we found something, and we've been excavating it, a hatch. And she asks where it goes, and he says, I don't know. And then, bam, huge thrath, huge thrash in the jungle. My <laughs> tongue got a little tied there. And it was very abrupt, very scary. Yeah. And then they get chased through the jungle. Shannon gets suddenly picked up by something. And she I think screams. That, I think that's when Dave and I were watching this and he was yeah. like, oh, my heart. He's like, he was like, my <laughs> leg is starting to tingle. Because <laughs> he was like, so I'm like, is that a normal thing? I feel like that's not normal. <laughs> he was like, I was so surprised. <laughs> yeah, it really got him. I mean, it surprised me too. When it happened, I was like, whoa. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I was like, uh, but. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Dave was really like, oh my God, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> My heart, my ticker. I can't take it. <laughs> my heart, my leg. I'm like, what's happening to you? <laughs> my leg's shaking. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah, that means the show's working. Yeah. Yeah. So they get chased through the jungle. Shannon gets picked up by something. She screams. Boone screams. Uh, her name's Shannon. And then, boom, flashback again. Uh, Shannon arrives at Boone's hotel. And she said, Brian took the money and he's gone. And they argue a little bit. And she accuses him of being in love with her. And she's drunk. And she says, you've always been in love with me. I've always known it. And Boone's like refusing to acknowledge. He's like, you're delusional. You're sick. And then she gets real close to him. And then they get down. They kiss and they make it. 
no in the hotel room i am i was like oh i cannot i am fucking gonna vomit i was, yeah, like, I was like sammy's getting gonna sour stomach this. oh yeah. my god i could not deal with it and yeah. i fucking called this too you did episode, episode one. one well episode one i thought that they were a couple and right. you i actually went back and listened to listen <laughs> oh, to did the you? tape <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you were like, I got to bite my tongue. And then yeah. in episode two, when we find out they're siblings, I said, I thought that they, I had thought that they were in a relationship, so clearly not. And then I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know how they do things. And then I got grossed out. And I yeah. said, I was like, Pat, please tell me there's there's not incest in this. I can't handle that. Please spoil it for me. And you were like, nope, I got a poker face. And you refused to tell me. That's right. You fucking bastard. (laughs) And you were like, you were like, I might not remember. Did you remember this, Pat? So I had this at the time I can reveal now. I had this feeling that there was some sort of weirdness between them. (laughs) And I was like. Is it an incest thing? I couldn't remember fully, but I had this like pretty strong inkling that that's what it was. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So I said to Dave, so the whole time Boone saw Shannon in the jungle and all of that, I was kind of doubting that it was Shannon. I was like, I don't know that this is really Shannon. I think this is like he's hallucinating whatever to like work through his shit. And then when this happened, after this happened, I was like, you know what? I hope that really is her and that she actually is dead so I don't have to deal with their incest anymore. Well, that's what Boone was thinking too. Yeah. In a way. <laughs> yeah. So then after that scene, we cut Ugh, to I'm Boone. Like- is, this can't. is like a weird shot. It's just Boone sort of in the dark, and then Shannon turns on a light, and yeah. she's sort of in the background sitting on a chair, and they're pretty cold with each other, even though they just got down. And Shannon tells don't, him that- You don't that... need to say that. <laughs> so then we cut back to the island, and Boone finds Shannon's body all mangled up and torn up by the river, and he holds her close. She is presumably pretty dead here dead yeah. body yeah i mean i pretty much knew it was one of those things where like i was like 75 percent sure that that wasn't actually her and this is just whatever he's hallucinating so that he can work through his issues but 25 percent of me probably more after like after i saw the incest scene i was like you know what it'd be really nice if that was her and she was dead so i just we just never have to look at this and talk about this incest ever again I think the ratio was flipped for me. I would think I was like 75% she's definitely dead. Mm-hmm. 25% she like lives on because I yeah. know she's like a major character. So I was like, she's got to live on past this. But I was like, I wouldn't put it past Lost to kill off a major character like Shannon this early. Yeah. I mean, I think they should. I think someone should die <laughs> this first season. Someone's got to die. Someone's got to go, huh? Yeah. But I don't, okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think that that will actually happen. Boone walks through the jungle at night. He arrives back at the campsite and he sees Locke all by himself by the fire. And he He runs out. He rushes him with a knife and he attacks Locke. And he tells Locke that that Locke tied up his sister and how his sister died in his arms. And Locke asks why Boone didn't have any blood on him. She just died in my arms tonight. Right. Must have been the incest. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I should have not done it. And then Boone starts to freak out and asks, what happened to me out there? He says that Locke drugged him 
And Locke says, I gave you an experience. Well, first Locke says, why isn't there any blood on you then? Right. You know, yeah, if your sister that. died in your arms. Yeah. Oh, right. I was singing. Sorry. You were I didn't singing. You. <laughs> so that's when he figured out he, he was drugged and such. He says, I gave you an experience. And then they see Shannon off yeah, in the distance. Yeah, he said, I gave you an experience that I believed was that I believe was vital to your time on this island. Right. So I'm like, what the fuck did Locke see in the eye of the island? Because he knows, he clearly knows that each person has some shit that they need to work out. Which, yeah. by the way, I also called. Mm-hmm. I mean, not necessarily that Locke knew it, but like that that's what's happening. The island, yeah. The island is helping them work through this stuff. Right. And then I was like, wait, does that make me lock? <laughs> but I was it like, you lock? <laughs> I was like, I would not put your faith in me to save, save you on an island. No, no. Your son slash. Claire. Yeah, Claire, because of the chat stuff. Chats. Um, and Kate, because I can A little bit of Kate because you're scrappy. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Shannon um, though, right? No, not yet. Not yet? <laughs> well, I do know I a little know. French, actually. Okay, you're a little Shannon, too. They then see Shannon off in the distance, and he says, I saw her die. And then Locke asks Boone, how did you feel when she died? And Boone says, I felt relieved. relieved. And Locke says, yes, time to let go. And Locke tells Boone to follow him, and he walks off into the jungle, and Boone follows him. And then, boom, lost title. couple pieces of trivia here. Uh, Locke tells Saeed that he was a Weebelos scout. Weebelos is the highest level of Cub Scouts. It was originally an award following Lion, which is a wolf, bear, lion scout, apparently. It has since become <laughs> a full part of the rank system. When Lion was dropped, the acronym was changed to mean will be loyal scouts. So we below. We below. We blow. Will be loyal scouts. I think they just pronounce it we blow. We blow. I'm pretty we sure blow? my bro- I had some some of my brothers were we blows. You had some we blow bros? We blow bros. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got for So I need trivia. you to promise me that there isn't going to be any more. Because I will quit this podcast. Really? There's like four episodes more of that. Really? Well, yeah. Are you, you making this up? Tur- you ready to turn in your papers? Are you making <laughs> this up? Ready to wrap this thing up? Well, let me let me clarify. I will quit the okay. lost part of this podcast. <laughs> it's 50% less editing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Is there really? Is there really more? I don't remember. Damn it, Pat. Are you saying that or do you really not remember? Well, I do know this. Okay. This is the only Boone flashback episode. Oh, you shouldn't have told me that. Oh, damn it. You're asking hard questions here. I'm trying to answer them without answering them. Well, (laughs) that was a piece of trivia. Now I feel like I'm not going to know any more about Boone. Not going to learn anymore. Well, I didn't say that there was any. Shannon. Well, I know that, but... Which he might fold into. Yeah, but now I'm going to know... I wish you hadn't told me that. All right, well, let me just rewind. I would rather you just... (laughs) I would rather you just say there's no more incest. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Even yeah, if you have to I lie to me. I can't say that. Okay, there's no more incest. Oh, now I know you're lying to me. I'm going to vomit. I can't. No, I, I don't can't. think there's any more. I can't do it. Okay. I hope not. I'm I'm hoping that there isn't because of... <laughs> oh, my God. You know what I'm just realizing? What? What's... <laughs> What's the monkey? Rafiki. Where is this conversation going? Locke basically pulled a Rafiki. He bopped bopped Boone on the head. (laughs) Someday sell him a squash banana? Yeah, and he bopped Boone on the head, slapped him with some salve, and made him hallucinate. Right. Rafiki bopped Simba on the head. Okay. I don't know. Just that just reminded me of that. <laughs> just let me have this one, okay? All right, fine. I'm trying it's to yours. make it okay. <laughs> okay. No, I cool. mean I I think because he had this experience. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna tell myself and hope that it's true, but I believe it like eighty percent that there's not gonna be any more of that okay. happening in here. What's your favorite moment of Buffy? My favorite moment of Buffy is when Giles walks in with all the snacks. When Giles walks in with all the snacks? Yeah. Oh, when at he, the football game. And, yeah, when he comes to the football <laughs> game, he's got all the snacks in his arms. That gave you a good <laughs> chuckle? Yeah, I just liked it. It's very, much... a very like guy move on a date. Like if you're, you know, your first date, you're going out with a girl and she she orders all these snacks that like, you know, like, like for me, it would be the giant tub of popcorn, the biggest tub of popcorn you get at the movie theater. And then like yeah. two or three chocolate things and a soda. So I went on a blind date once with this girl, mm-hmm. friend of ours set us up. It was like, you guys would be great together. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was very late at first and we were going to see a movie. Mm-hmm. And I was very excited to see the movie, and I take movie watching very seriously. I know you do. She was late, very late to pick me up, and she drove like a maniac. And then when we got there, I was like, okay, let's get in there and get our seats. (laughs) And she went to the snack bar and ordered like one of every snack. I was like, this is ridiculous. It was like $30 worth of snacks. And it was taking forever. She's got to get she her like, money's worth on this She date. wanted the slushy. She wanted the popcorn. Oh she wanted the God. gummies. She wanted the chocolate, the snow caps. She got everything. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and she was really annoying. And we walked in, and there's barely any seats left. And we sat down, and there's somebody making out in front of us. And she goes, <laughs> they've already started making out. And I was like, where do you think this date is going, lady? <laughs> <laughs> you got way too many gummy bears for me to be making yeah. out with you, sister. You got a little- Little too many snacks going on here, okay? <laughs> and I came here to see a movie, okay? I don't know who you think you came on this blind date with, but I'm a movie watcher. <laughs> yeah. so funny. So anyways. My favorite <laughs> moment of Buffy is is just the date, the, the Giles and Jenny date, the fact that they went on one. So I guess kind of similar moments. Yeah, similar. Yeah. Yeah. Samesies. Yeah. I mean, I okay. do really love... When Buffy, when the guys are digging and Buffy's like, I'm an old fashioned cow. I was raised to believe that the men dig up the corpses and the women have the babies. I also like that. Cool. What's your favorite moment of Lost? This whole episode was a wash for me because of the incest. Really? I thought this episode was pretty good. It ruins it. No, I I think the, I think, um, Jin, is it Jin? Jim? Mm -hmm. Jan? Jim. Jim. (laughs) It's Jin, right? Jim? Jim Halpert? (laughs) It's not Jim. He's on the island. (laughs) 
when Jin gives Hurley the fish. That's my favorite yeah. moment. Yeah, that's nice. Your favorite moments are always like these wholesome human moments. Yeah, Mine yours are, are always like, like running through when the jungle. When he holds the popcorn, <laughs> when he runs into the waterfall. Oh, I like it's it. So cool. I liked it when Kate was picking fruit in the jungle. She's climbing a tree, and the music was cool. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey my favorite moments can be whatever they whatever i want yeah, okay yeah, yeah they can be right. <laughs> they sure can i mean your your pick for buffy sounds pretty wholesome to me yeah giles holding giles all with the, the snacks, snacks for yeah. for jenny well it's more just because he's holding all the snacks less <laughs> oh. about the jenny part <laughs> what's your favorite moment of lost my favorite moment of Lost is when uh, the thing, whatever it is, chases them through the jungle and Shannon gets picked up. That was just crazy, man. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. crazy. Woof, woof. That was wild. Which yeah. episode wins? Lost. Yeah, I knew you were going to say Lost, but I can't. I cannot in good conscience. You can't pick give it to Lost. Yeah. So and like I said earlier, this is like kind of a meh Buffy episode for me other than you know, there is some fun dialogue and the, the Jenny and Giles date I really love because I want them together. I am team Jenny all the way. I love her. Cool. New predictions. Yes. You want me to do Buffy predictions? Yes. What's your Buffy prediction? Chris and Eric, we won't see anymore. They'll just disappear into the ether. Mm-hmm. One hit wonders. One hit wonders. Cordelia will... Be more damsel in distress twice in this season, at least. I'm going to go with three times. Three times Cordelia will be either used as bait or someone will try to kill her or uggify her in Ugify some way. Her. <laughs> yeah. Three more times or three times Three total? more times throughout I'm the trying to season. Like, I'm trying to think in my head. She will be constantly in peril throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Angel will never wear that jacket again because that jacket is God. I hope I hope not. And Mini Me will come back uh, next episode. We haven't seen him. Okay. For an episode, so he's got to come back and be like, "Hey, what's up? I'm Mini Me. Remember me? Guess who's back? Back again? Mini Me. <laughs> Mini. I got a bowl cut. Mini's back. <laughs> <laughs> Check out my hair. <laughs> All right, what are your predictions for Lost? My predictions for Lost. Backstory, potentially we'll get a Shannon backstory because I could see them doing a Boone Shannon back-to-back like we saw his, now let's see hers. That'd be boring. Yeah, but I do think that'd be kind of boring. So I get Shannoned out. I'm like, eh, let's move on. Yeah. So maybe maybe then we'll get Michael slash Walt. Hmm, okay. There will be no more incest or I will quit Lost. Well, at least not back-to-back episodes. What? Huh? What do you mean? I'm just saying it wouldn't be next episode. No. If there is anymore. I'm just saying, this is a prediction for the whole show. Okay. For the rest of the series. There will be no more or I will quit Lost. Fair enough. Now that Boone has let go of Shannon, I think they'll be able to open the hatch and they will find it to be a bunker of some sort. No surprise mm. there. Okay. But it's either abandoned or it tunnels way down underground and is a whole mm-hmm. civilization like District 13 and Hunger Games. 
Interesting. And that's where the others are hiding out and keeping Claire until she has her baby. Okay. Speaking of which. good predictions. um, Claire has to have her baby soon. Because Kate mentioned she sure does. that they've your been baby, there. Your baby Claire thing is way the off countdown. Now. Yeah, way off. Yeah, because Kate mentioned they'd been there for three weeks already, and I feel like Claire was saying that she was eight months pregnant in like the first or second episode. Yeah. So it's I, almost baby time. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen off screen though. So I bet we'll see that happen in like the next couple episodes. Okay. That's all I got. All right, what have you been listening to, watching, reading, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I have been watching, I had to watch a lot of movies this past week because I watched the wrong one for Well, you had to watch two movies. (laughs) It's not a lot. So I watched The Untouchables. Uh Uh-huh. And if I had only mentioned that to you last week when we recorded, you would have told me, hey, that was the wrong movie but I forgot to mention it when you asked me and we were supposed to watch The Intouchables. Completely yes. different movies. <laughs> yes. I like The Intouchables much better. <laughs> um, and then we watched The Deer Hunter for this week, mm-hmm. which I was meh about. Um, I'm still watching Gilmore Girls and Schitt's Creek as well. That's pretty much all I'm watching. Uh, reading, this actually just came for me. Dave bought me this comic book before Christmas and it just arrived today. It's called The Last Witch. Mm -hmm. So I started reading it a little bit tonight um, and I'm excited to keep reading it. Um, That's really all I'm reading though. And then listening to, I've been listening to The Daily, which is the New York Times podcast. Um, I get their email too, but I don't always end up reading it. Um, So I've been really digging the podcast because it's usually like 20... 20 to 30 minute episodes so it's like very digestible it gives me just like enough news to feel informed but not overly anxious yeah good yeah i should i should start listening to that because i read the emails every morning yeah yeah you should i don't i don't even i mean i don't know if it's like a recent thing that they started i didn't even know that the daily podcast existed until someone told me like last week i think yeah cool i'll give that a listen what about you what are you reading watching listening to so this past week, I really caught up on some movie watching, which yeah. I haven't done in a while. They're not all movies that I would choose right out to watch, but we've been getting into this groove of just like watching a movie a night, mm-hmm. which has been helpful for my mental health yeah. because I haven't been watching as many movies. I usually like would average about two a week. Mm-hmm. So this past week, I watched one, two, three, four, five. Six movies. Wow. In addition, Not bad. In addition to the ones that we watched for Movie Club? No, including those two. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So you watch? I saw Terminator Dark Fate, the newest Terminator. Okay. I Didn't asked my wife. Didn't even know there was a new Terminator. <laughs> oh, yeah. It came out in 2019, and it brought back a lot of the older actors, oh, which cool. was great. That's always fun. Um, yeah. So that was on, I think it was on HBO. Or maybe it's Hulu, whatever. But oh. I saw it and I was like, oh, Amy, you haven't seen this. And I didn't think she's going to bite at it. She's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead and put it on. I was like, really? Awesome. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And she actually liked it. Hmm. So, yeah, it's fun. Hey, does she um, like the other Terminator movies? She didn't remember them. So I had to show her the trailers and explain them to, him, mm. <laughs> to her. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sort of remember. Yeah, good yeah I would need that too. Yeah. So 
Uh, we watched that. We watched The Untouchables, French film from 2011. Uh, really liked that. It was fun. Yeah, and I was um, surprised because, well, I think generally you don't like foreign language films and especially French ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... But this was such a cute movie. This was. Yeah, Have you seen it. Me Before You? No. Well, I think you should watch that with Amy. I think she would like that. But it's okay. it's similar to The Untouchables, but there's kind of like a romantic aspect to it, too. Mm, okay. Yeah, so I like that a lot. Then we watch The Midnight Sky, which is the new George Clooney movie on Netflix. He oh, what's that it. about? He's also in it. It's like sci-fi, and it's like, it's sort of a weird movie. I hadn't really seen anything like it, but like... It's a. It's got. Well, you would hate it. It's got space. It's got a lot of space in it. Yeah, but there's I like, like space and Arctic and like apocalypse. Yeah, and it's like old George Clooney who's like dying from like cancer or something. Oh, yeah. never mind. No, it's it's good movie, but it's also sci-fi in space, mm. so you might hate it. And then we watched Real Diamond in the Rough. Had never heard of it. You would absolutely love this. Mm-hmm. You and Dave would die laughing. Okay, I have my pen ready. It's called They Came Together. Oh, what's it about? With Amy Poehler. I love Amy Paul Poehler. Rudd. I love Paul Rudd. And everybody else you can think of is in this movie. Bill Hader's in it. Oh, dream team. Just everybody. You can think, anybody. What? How do? How have I never heard of this movie? It came when out it come in 2014. Out? Okay. 2014 was way under the radar. My sister gave it to me on DVD last year for my birthday. And I was like, I've never heard of this. And this is a completely random gift. Yeah. And it sat on my DVD shelf. And then one night we just chose it. And I was like, yeah, let's check this out. We love Amy Poehler. We love Paul Rudd. Yeah. It is so ridiculous. It's such a ridiculous movie. You would love it. That's just and what we need. Maybe right I'll now. show you. A, I, I got to show you a clip before, but we'll we'll finish the podcast first. But yeah. then I'll show you a clip. From okay. It. <laughs> it was uh, Amy's birthday weekend, so oh, happy she, birthday, Amy! I didn't know that she she chose to watch uh, my best friend's wedding, mm-hmm. which I had never seen before. Yeah, that's on Netflix. That keeps popping up, trying yep. to get me to watch it. I've seen it before. <laughs> yeah. So I'd never seen it before. It's fine. Yeah, it's I gave fine. it three out of five stars. Yeah. And then I watched uh, Deer Hunter. Yeah, which you kind of felt the same way. Well, you liked it a little more than I did, I think. But I, I liked it because I liked the cinematography. Yeah. It's really well I shot. Mean, but yeah, I feel the same way about the movie itself. Yeah, and I thought it was really sh- well shot too, especially the scenes where they're hunting. Yeah, the mountain shots. Yeah, they're those great. were really beautiful. Cool. Cool. Well, good times, as always. Yeah. Um, listen. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this. I guess that's where you find us. Yeah. I mean, if they already found us, I don't know why we have to plug it. But well, we're asking well. them to subscribe. All right, subscribe. Listen, subscribe, and, and rate don't us. forget to rate us five stars if you can. Leave us a nice review. What else, Sammy? Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at KickstreamPod. And send us emails, tell us your thoughts, you know, thoughts on episodes, thoughts on crazy things that we talk about and need help explaining. So if you are going to email us, send them to kickstreampod at gmail.com. And check out show notes for this and every episode at kickingstreaming.com. So if we mention a book, or in this case, like I mentioned, a comic book, movies, anything that we talk about is going to be on those show notes. And tell your friends. Yes, tell your friends. Like our posts on 
on Instagram. Engage with yeah, us. Yeah, find us on the gram. Yeah. Yeah, and tell your friends because streaming is always better with friends. friends. Nice. We're getting good. We're we getting are getting good at much that. better at yeah. that. All right, cool. All right, A plus this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.